The Hoosiers Gavit Games opponent is set, locking in the final big piece of their challenging non-conference schedule. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, guys? It is Wednesday, June 29th. This is Locked on Hoosiers, your one and only daily one-stop shop for everything IU Athletics. I'm your host as always, Jacob Rood. want to thank you guys for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every single day. The missing piece in IU's non-conference schedule was filled in on Tuesday when the Hoosiers found out their Gavit Games opponent. They'll be meeting Xavier uh, a regional team, uh, one I'm sure a lot of IU fans know at least something about, uh, but a team the Hoosiers have not played uh, historically should make for a very interesting matchup. With that, we basically know what the schedule is going to be at this point, minus a few um, non-conference games that are going to be more cupcakes. Uh, we have a, a pretty good sense of what the non-conference schedule is going to look like. We're going to go through that today as well. Uh, but let's talk about Xavier. Um, it's, like I said, an interesting opponent, a fun game. I, I like playing new opponents, different teams. As much fun as an IU-UNC game is going to be, UNC is a team we kind of routinely play in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. It's fun to get a new team to play against a, a different kind of opponent. So Xavier's a team the Hoosiers do, just have not played hardly at all. We'll talk about the previous matchups here in a minute. But this is going to be the first trip to the, I believe it's pronounced Sintas Center. It used to be Fifth Third Bank Arena, whatever you want to call it. That arena in Cincinnati, this is the first time uh, the Hoosiers are going to be going there. Um, the other kind of fun storyline is it's a... Uh, Meeting against Jerome Hunter, former Hoosier. Uh, IU will get to match up against him as well. But uh, uh, just a, fun is a word I'm going to keep using because I, I think it's a I think it's an apt word. It's going to be a challenging game, but it's not challenging in a sense like Kansas, Arizona, UNC, where those are kind of top tier uh, or presumably top tier programs. Xavier's still going to be a kind of on the edges of the top 25, maybe by this point in the season, a couple upsets or uh, things along that nature, they'll, they'll be kind of a solidified top 25 team. So to go on the road against a top 25 team like that is going to be big. IU is going to get a chance early on in the season to play a team on the road. That's going to be, should be a, you would based on preseason projections. I know this is really early. We're still in June talking about this, but this, Figures to be a tournament team for Xavier. So you're going on the road in a non-conference game to a tournament team. IU needs that. They didn't do that. They normally don't do that. That's just not something that IU does uh, in general. So this wasn't, when Mike Woodson talked about beefing up the schedule, this wasn't really something, I don't know how much control schools have over these Gavit games. Uh, I knew IU hosted last year, so it was probably going to be on the road. I don't know how much input they have in who they play. Uh, Villanova got Michigan State as kind of the highlight matchup of the game. We'll look at the other ones here in a few minutes. But um, are you going to Xavier? It, it kind of goes in line with what the rest of their non-conference um, 
matchups and games are going to be. It's also not an area where IU typically goes. We saw what the turnout for IU was at Dayton. Um, this is close-ish to that area. It's the same kind of area. Be interesting to see how many IU fans get into Xavier uh, for this one. This is only going to be the seventh time, excuse me, sixth time that Indiana and Xavier will have met since 1951. IU is 4-1 and one in those games. The most recent meeting is probably one you guys will remember. You may not remember it offhand, but once I mention it, you will. It was the first loss for the 07-08 Hoosiers, uh, Eric Gordon season, uh, they played in the Chicago Invitational Classic. They played the final game at the Sears Center. They played a couple of games in Bloomington, IU did, and then they went to the Sears Center, uh, definitely rebranded. The tower itself is rebranded since then. Uh, but uh, I believe it is now called the Now Arena and played the final, so to speak, there. IU beat Illinois State, played Xavier. They lost, and they lost pretty handily. It was uh, 80-65 to 65 in that one. Um, Eric Gordon had 20 points on 4 of 12 shooting, though. He, went, he shot 12 of 12 at the line. The Hoosiers shot 38% as a team. Jordan Crawford was 3 of 13. Armand Bassett was three of thir- 4 of 13. Jamarcus Ellis was 5 of 12. DJ White came off the bench. I'm not sure. I don't remember the details about that. Somebody else might be able to fill me in on that. He played 36 minutes off the bench, so maybe it was a disciplinary thing. Uh, Xavier was led by CJ Anderson with 19. Not a ton of talent on that team, at least memorable talent. Drew Lavender, Josh Duncan were the other leading scorers. BJ Raymond scored 19 off the bench, 19 and 10. So... That was the last time those two teams played. Uh, they've met a couple times in the tournament. They played in 03. IU won by three points. In 93, they met in the tournament. One seed IU beat them by three. Um, that would have been, looks like, maybe the second round based on the date. It was the second round. Um, RCA Dome, uh, again, another place that does not exist anymore. Uh, the Hoosiers came away with a win on that one. Calvert Chaney was the leading scorer. Uh, they played then, I guess that was the only tournament meeting. They played in 1979, IU won by 26. They played in 1951, IU won by 23. So this is the first meeting in 15 years between the two teams, which is part of what makes it fun. Mentioned Michigan State and Villanova as kind of the highlight game of the Gavit games. Um, IU will meet Xavier. Uh, Villanova is going to Michigan State. Iowa to Seton Hall. Marquette is at Purdue. Butler is going to Penn State. I thought that was the other team that IU potentially could match up against. Uh, would be a little weird with them just ending the Crossroads Classic and then playing Butler, but um, the Thad Mata connection seemed to make a little sense. Wouldn't be surprised if we pick up, up a um, series, maybe a home and home with them in, in the future. Northwestern at Georgetown, Nebraska at St. John's, DePaul at Minnesota rounds out the Gavit games. All that's according to John Rothstein. Uh, he is certainly reliable enough that I can't, I feel I can just kind of report it as fact. Uh, no UConn. I know they had a different kind of contractual agreement. They came into the conference uh, after the Gavit games had started. So they kind of got an amended agreement there. Uh, IU versus UConn would have been fun. Another matchup against the top team. Xavier's fun as well. I'm fine with that. I used played UConn a handful of times recently. 
they haven't played Xavier. I, I enjoy fun games. So it'll be a new game for us to get ready for. And with this game, IU pretty much has their conference, or excuse me, non-conference and conference schedule worked out. If we look back to last year, we compare it to what we know this year. We're able to kind of figure out what this schedule is going to look like. We're going to go through it uh, and take a look at what this schedule will be like. Before we do that, though, let's talk about Rock Auto, who, with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's really impossible for your local auto parts chain store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure those often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions uh, and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, um, choosing only the brand in their warehouse, if they even have it in their warehouse. Otherwise, they're going to have to order it online. Um, skip all that. All of that nonsense. Just go to rockauto.com at home or in your pocket. It's going to save you time. It's going to save you money. There's no markups. Uh, like I said, that auto parts store is going to order a specific brand that gets them the most commission probably. You know a dealership's going to mark up prices uh, as well. Skip all that. Just do it yourself. Avoid those markups because Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. They're reliably low price for every customer. They're going to have everything you need, whether it's brake parts, whether it's tail lamps, whether it's motor oil, even new carpet. Uh, go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Thank you guys again for making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen every day. Join us over at YouTube. Uh, we have the episodes go up there daily at 7 a.m. You can join the conversation over there. Subscribe over there as well. Gavit Games was kind of the final big missing piece in IU's non-conference schedule. And as a result, we have a pretty good idea of when... Um, of what the schedule should look like, when the games are going to take place, all of that stuff. Since uh, we last spoke, I believe, IU announced Hoosier Hysteria. It's going to be October 7th at Assembly Hall. That's always fun. It's particularly going to be fun this year because you have two top 25 teams with the men's and women's team. Um, so that'll be enjoyable. About a month later, if we're basing this kind of off last year's schedule, IU's probably going to have two non-conference games early November. I believe one of them last year was like the 7th and the about a week later they played. Then we're going to have this IU Xavier game sometime around November 17th. That was when last year's game was. Uh, the 16th of November is that Wednesday. That's when it was last year. Probably that Wednesday, Thursday time period is when this game's going to be. The next week, IU has the... Uh, games that we talked about previously in Bloomington against Miami, Little Rock, and Jackson State. Those three games are going to take place between the 20th and the 25th, right around Thanksgiving there. They'll, they'll have all three of those games. The week after that, November 30th, is when IU is going to play UNC. That'll be in Bloomington as well. So they're going to have those non-conference games. They're going to go to Xavier. Then they're going to have a stretch of games in Bloomington there. Uh, for the second half of the month in November. Then they're probably going to start Big Ten play based on last year's schedule. Last year they played two games between um, 
their ACC Big Ten matchup and their next game. There's only about 10 days between the games this time. Uh, IU will play UNC on the 30th, and IU will go to Las Vegas to face Arizona on December 10th. So there's about 10 days there. They may try to squeeze two Big Ten games in there in that time frame. Um, I would prefer just one, but uh, they may try to squeeze two games in there um, in early December. And then, as I said, they go to Las Vegas on December 10th. They will go to Allen Fieldhouse in Lawrence on December 17th. They'll be back in Bloomington on December 23rd against Kennesaw State. And then there's probably, again, based on previous schedules, one more non-conference game right around New Year's Eve. I think it was on New Year's Eve they um, scheduled a game last year. I'd imagine it's going to be around that same time again this year. Have one more non-conference game. And then you're going into the Big Ten schedule after that. So that's the basis of what IU schedule is looking like. And it's going to be a much, much different schedule than the Hoosiers have had in recent years. Um, IU uh, non-conference schedules have not been all that daunting. Um, It wasn't really a point of emphasis for... Archie Miller or Tom Crean, if there were uh, challenging non-conference games, it was almost certainly out of their control with a tough Gavit game or a tough Big Ten ACC game. Crean had the IU-Kentucky series for a while that, I mean, clearly he wanted a round to some degree, uh, but there there weren't these IU-Arizona, IU-Kansas games that uh, IU had then. That's the big difference in this schedule versus other ones. We've talked a lot about it, but uh, if your main games were the Xavier game, the UNC game, um, and then the Crossroads Classic, this is kind of why this is the argument for getting rid of the Crossroads Classic. And this it's, it's easier to make this argument now that we have this new schedule in front of us because we see time and time again, uh, March Madness comes around. The selection committee values competitive non-conference games it doesn't even have to be uh you don't even have to win them like if you're just playing tough non-conference schedules they're going to reward you for that so iu could play at xavier uh and then they could host unc and then they play this year it would have been butler i i believe i th- I, I think they played yeah it would have been butler this year against thad Mata. that had the the headlines of the tournament or the Crossroads Classic, and then they return home and they play a slew of non-conference games against Cupcakes, and then they head into the Big Ten season untested, really, and you have that one UNC home game, and then you're you're feeling good, and then this team has to kind of figure itself out in Big Ten play. The counter to that is getting rid of the Crossroads Classic, it opens up the month of December more so that you can go to Las Vegas against Arizona. You can go to Kansas. And suddenly, this Xavier game, which if it were played this season, would be the second toughest non-conference game IU will play, is third toughest, or fourth toughest, excuse me, at best. They're going to play at Kansas. They're playing a, a neutral site game in Arizona on the West Coast. Uh, or in the western side of the United States. That's not a neutral game. There's going to be more Arizona fans there. 
they're playing UNC. So suddenly this Xavier game uh, is just another challenge for them. And that's the argument for beefing up the schedule and getting rid of the Crossroads Classic. There are other arguments we talked about when it comes to the fact IU and its fans were carrying that uh, Crossroads Classic and they weren't really getting out of it what they were putting into it. Um, it just made sense to move on from it. If Butler and Notre Dame were a lot better and they were on the level of even a, I mean, there's a lot of years they're not even up to Xavier's level, but even better than that, um, maybe you keep it around, but ultimately this is why you get rid of it because now IU, there are not going to be many non-conference schedules tougher than this one IU has next season. It's going to be a really, really short list. Uh, you have two true road games at Xavier and Kansas. You have a neutral site game against a top 25 team. You're going to have a top 10 team at home. Uh, th this team is going to get tested before they even really get into Big Ten play. They're going to know who they are, and I think that's a big difference. Hopefully it pays big dividends next season because this is the type of schedule I want for the type of team Indiana is going to have. A team with a lot of veterans. There are some young guys that are going to work their way into it, but a lot of veterans who are familiar with themselves, with the roles they're going to play, with their teammates, with their coach, and now you can take the step forward and play these tougher teams because you're not trying to figure things out this season. So this is exciting. I'm I'm ready for this schedule. Um, I We need to start a countdown until Hoosier Hysteria because this is going to be a lot, a lot of fun. Sticking on the topic of basketball, NBA free agency starts tomorrow. We have an IU player I totally haven't talked about. We haven't mentioned Thomas Bryant at all. Uh, so we'll get a little caught up on him, look toward free agency and the Hoosiers that are going to be involved in it here in a moment betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info find all the latest sports developments league reviews and news including uh well the stanley cup is over so no longer including the stanley cup but it is still including major league baseball there are plenty of future bets you can do as well so we just talked or mentioned um mlb or nba excuse me uh there are Plenty of future bets for the NBA. Uh, we've mentioned that Indiana is listed in the uh, future NCAA champions. They're coming off at 33 to 1 odds. UNC is at 8 to 1. Um, some of the other teams, Kansas is 14 to 1. Arizona's 25 to 1. Uh, looking at IU schedule to give you a sense. Um, Xavier's a hundred to one. So I use going to have a tough schedule, but they're right there in the thick of things with this one. Bet online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores and betonline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Somehow, totally slipped my mind that Thomas Bryant is in the NBA. Uh, it was one guy that we failed to kind of talk about. 
looking back on the season, ultimately there wasn't a lot of the season to talk about for him. So it would have been an interesting podcast to do. But Thomas Bryant is heading into free agency uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow is the start of free agency. Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern is when free agency will kick off officially. Uh, Bryant finished up the last year of his three-year $25 million deal he signed in Washington. This season, part of the reason I forgot about him, we mentioned it back in during the season, but he was returning from an ACL injury. They brought him along slowly, and as a result, um, he only played in 27 games last season uh, and struggled, if we're being honest. Had to shake off a lot of rust in that one. He only averaged 7.4 points, 4.0 rebounds. He only played 16 minutes a night, 27 games, as we said. His shot really struggled, 28.6% from the three-point line. The two previous years before that, uh, he was a 41.1% three-point shooter on two attempts per game. So uh, uncharacteristically bad, we should say, but that's what happens when you have effectively a year off. (laughs) Excuse me, a year off because of this injury. He got injured on January 9th uh, of 2021, made his return on January 12th of 2022. So a year away. There was obviously going to be some um, shaking off of the rust there on that one. So he struggled. Bad time to struggle, unfortunately, for him because he enters free agency. If you look at John Hollinger of The Athletic, he has Thomas Bryant as the 18th best center entering the market. If he had another season like he had had the previous years, then you're looking at someone that could join a contender. He probably still would be in a backup role, but he could be pushing for a uh, starting spot, big minutes, because he's a big man who can shoot, and that's what's valued in the NBA today. Unfortunately, this injury came at a bad time, which means he's probably going to be a minimum signing, perhaps with a rebuilding team. Maybe he stays in Washington Um, maybe he goes somewhere else, um, Indiana perhaps, although they have a gluttony of center. So I doubt that, uh, as I say that, um, but he could find his way somewhere and play a, a different role. Um, maybe a bigger role we'll see, but there are places he could land in the coming weeks, coming days, really. It's not going to be weeks. It's going to be days. Uh, there are a handful of other free agents, that are Hoosiers, that we've more or less talked about. Victor Oladipo, we did a podcast on. We'll see where he lands. Uh, seems like money and role are the two biggest things, probably in reverse order, role than money, when it comes to him. Juwan Morgan has a club option. He didn't play a lot. That's why we didn't do a podcast on him. He was signed with the Celtics. He was in the finals. He, I mean, he played in a couple games as, like, garbage time. But that was it. Uh, He, outside of that, just didn't play last season. Uh, He played officially one game during the regular season uh, and played four minutes. In the playoffs, he played nine games in 15 minutes, so it was all garbage time for him. Not really sure what his role is moving forward. He got signed to to an actual deal before the playoffs, so there's some value they see in him, but... 
he only played two games this whole season after playing 50 games in his first two seasons. Just not really sure what uh, is next for him. I don't know that he's going to get an NBA deal. We'll see, though. Uh, He has a little bit more of a a game for a modern big man, but his three-pointer just uh, hasn't really come around. He's a 34% three-point shooter, which isn't awful, but you would want better for someone that can't really play the five. 38% in the G League last year where he played 13 games. So we'll see if he sticks around in the NBA. He might have about one more shot in him, and then potentially we're looking at playing overseas. I think he'd do well overseas, a little bit more open of a game. Um, He might be able to play a little bit bigger of a role on teams overseas. Last guy we didn't do a podcast about, we we haven't really talked about him at all since he went down with a season-ending injury, is Cody Zeller. There wasn't a lot to talk about for last season, which is why I didn't do it. He played 27 games for Portland. We talked a lot about him last offseason, or excuse me, heading into last season. We weren't around last offseason. Heading into last season, we talked a lot about him because he wanted to sign with a team that um, he that was going to compete and he'd have a bigger role in. Then he chose Portland, bizarrely, who is not a team that was going to compete, and he did not have a bigger role. Uh, he ultimately plays 27 games and goes down with a season-ending injury. Um, it, he's going to get another shot. He's got a lot more shots, uh, left. Like he's not on the end of his career. He's still only, uh, 29 years old. He'll be 30 in October. The problem is just the amount of injuries he continues to have. Like it's just a reoccurring trend or recurring trend. I should say, um, his first four seasons, uh, he played, over 60 games every time, over 63 games every time. Uh, and then he has not played more than 58 games in a season since then. And he's twice been under 40 games. So it, he's just not available. Availability is the best ability, which is just his problem. He's just not available. So I don't know. You're taking a risk signing him if you're an NBA team. So I just don't really know what situation he's going to fall into. I don't know if a competitive team wants to take the risk of signing him, knowing that for half the season, he there's a good chance he's not going to be available. So we'll see what it looks like for him. I Again, hoping for the best. We'll find out within hours. We may know by Friday's episode where he's at, where Oladipo's at, and where Thomas Bryant's at. If any of those guys sign or all of them ideally we'll talk about it on friday i know i keep teasing this otherwise we'll talk about i use offensive line there's just been news this week uh i'm not gonna eventually i will do that podcast i promise but uh as long as there's news we're gonna kind of cover it um but thanks again guys for making locked on hoosiers your first listen every day we'll be back on friday with either an offensive line preview or an nba free agency recap Maybe both, depending on the news. Know what your team is up against across the Big Ten with Locked On Big Ten. Every day, host Nate Dickinson and his local experts of Locked On take you across the Big Ten in 30 minutes. Make Locked On Big Ten your second listen, Locked On Big Ten. I'll be on there for Thursday's episode. Make sure you guys tune in. 
Follow us on Twitter if you haven't already. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave a quick rating and review while you're over there. Helps us out a ton. Most importantly, though, guys, make sure you have a terrific, terrific Wednesday in LEO.